Isaac, we've entered the second half century of our, our podcast yeah. life in this episode. I was thinking, we always yeah. do a good goof or an, a bit to open the episode. I think we should go back to basics for episode 51. Oh, gosh. Just just try it. I've been listening. We've not done this in a very long time. And I just think for some professionality, we've gotten a little too loosey-goosey with this whole podcast thing. I think we've got to really be professional. So, if, if I may. Isn't that what this whole podcast was about, was loosey-goosey? But there's there's certain laws here podcast laws okay i'm concerned with your permission i'm gonna just try something out something we haven't done in a while just something it's episode 51 why not see where this goes i'm very worried hi there listeners and welcome to episode 51 of ketchup cast i'm ethan i'm isaac question mark we haven't said our names in (laughs) we've not introduced ourselves in probably 20 episodes at this point well that's okay so in case you were lost, listeners, in case you listened to 20-some episodes of this podcast and didn't know who we were, now you know. That's that's all. That was, I just... That's it. Just back to basics for just, just to try it. Just introduce yourself? Yeah. We, we don't have to stick with it. I just thought, you know, we've done 50 episodes now. We're in the, the second loop of the podcast 50-episode track. Are you, like, getting ready to replace me? And that's why you want me to be introduced? I didn't want to bring so this when up. So the, when the change happens, it's a lot more clear. When somebody else introduced their, their voice, it's like, oh, okay. It's not Isaac this time. What a surprise. I'm glad I'm informed. Yeah, so I got I got Taylor Swift's publicist <laughs> on instead. <gasps> oh, great. Thought he'd give us the deets on uh, on Red Taylor's version. So I and his his one, he said, I'll give you everything you need to know about all her upcoming things, but I need to be the co-host. Replace that other guy. So I did what I had to do. I'll be all right with that. So this is Isaac's swan song, episode 51. I'll be all right with that. Um, you'd make more money without me, and that's okay. We'd make more money it doing anything <laughs> if we made a penny off this podcast. Good point. That keeps us honest, though. We don't have people lying in our pockets telling us what to say. Because that's not what this podcast is about. When we started this podcast, we had one goal. Talk to each other more. Make money. Yeah, we, we wanted to become podcast billionaires. <laughs> Jeff Bezos could do it with a bookstore and a website. Why not do it with a podcast? Because podcasts are historically things that people make a bunch of monies on. And, uh, Especially nowadays when they can do things like live shows and meet ads. and greets. Because that's all that's... And ads, you yeah. podcasts didn't have ads? I don't know that I ever... Li- Maybe I listened way back in the day to like one podcast. But I feel like they've had ads forever now. You don't remember when podcasts didn't have ads? You listened to podcasts far more than I did until Dude, very recently. I was so into podcasts before. I, I, I hate to do the hipster thing and be like, well, I was on it before other people. But I remember when my favorite podcast started getting ads. And I was like... Wait, what is this? Oh, they're trying to sell me something? Is this part of the episode? Wait, no, what? This is an ad. It's weird. Now it's all it's all commercial. Yeah. But we haven't sold out yet. We could. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. I feel like I had a whole lot of energy 30 minutes ago. And now my energy is slowly waning. I shouldn't have made that tea. I slowed us down. It's okay. I think maybe just like the evening is, I don't know. It's whatever. It's 730 there. <laughs> the evening's just started. Uh, I'm looking to get to bed early. That's true. I am too. So we can hold us each other. That's why we've arranged a podcast recording on the night where we try to go to bed early. Right. This right, is good right. planning. And I feel like I had such a good momentum to talk. And then I lost it. My train pulled into the station. And you got off. 
you texted me something earlier today about something on your list. I'm curious about Oh, it's that. it's barely a thing on my list. So I texted you just a phrase and the phrase was ticking coffee time bomb. Yes. Uh which would be a great name for some weird like pop rock song. It would be. Or like a a B52 song in the style of Love Shack, but it's uh ticking coffee time bomb. Uh this isn't that exciting of a story. Like the the name is far better than what the story is. So I woke up this morning I want to check my phone, as I always do, because I'm a, you know, tech-addicted Gen Z nutjob or whatever I am. Uh, and I noticed I wasn't connected to Wi-Fi. I was connected to the cellular data. That's annoying. So I went to turn on the Wi-Fi and it was not connecting. Couldn't pick up Wi-Fi. And I'm very impressed with my detective skills at 7 in the morning when I have just woken up because I deduced pretty immediately my power was out. Oh. So I went around the apartment and confirmed the microwave was dark, which was spooky, because I always glance at that when I walk into the kitchen. It's like a, just what I do. And normally the time is greeting me, saying, wow. good morning, Ethan. You should not be awake at this hour. But it was just dark. The AC was off. So I figured I'd, I must have tripped something. So I went to go open the fuse box. And this, it wouldn't open. Just the fuse box was jammed or something. So I couldn't get into my fuses. Huh. So I was starting to panic. And then I checked my email, and I guess... Most of the town's power was out. A transformer went down. Get struck by lightning or something? What happened? No idea. No clue. But it was up later in the day. But my first thought, and and we joke about coffee a lot and being coffee addicts on this podcast a lot. Yeah. My very first thought when I saw the power was out was, out was oh no, I can't make coffee now. No concern about like anything, any of my devices that were plugged in and suddenly lost power. No concern about like cooling my house and my cat down. First concern, I can't make coffee. Well, that's why you need your own camp stove. That you can just hop out into the backyard, cook it up in the driveway, make some hot water, and be on your way. I had to go to work. I could probably find time to do that before I head out to work. Had I had that equipment, I probably would. But the stove, you know, wasn't working. I didn't think to break out my camp stove, which is buried. Do you have an electric stove somewhere. or a gas stove? Electric. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it's cheap. Yeah. Because a gas stove would still work, but an electric yeah. stove, no. Funnily enough, I had an issue with no gas last summer, where we had no gas, no hot water. So both stoves have failed me in what, the past 12 uh, months. What it's like being a renter, you know? So I, I scoured the internet, because I still could connect to my cell data on my laptop, so I just was looking for coffee places. But all the ones in between, my work and me, were in town and probably out of power. Yeah. So I started to panic here. Because I don't, I've not gone a day without coffee in many a year, and I don't know what it's going to do to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to find out on a, an eight-hour shift working with small children. That seemed like one of the worst possible environments to go through extreme coffee withdrawal. Uh, luckily, there was a McDonald's uh, block or two away that still had power. It must have been on a different transformer or something. So I went in and got a cup of coffee, and it was all fine. But... I always start my day with a cup of coffee before I leave for work. So I have a cup of coffee, then I fill my my mug, my Yeti mug, and that's my coffee for the rest of the day. And I also get coffee on my lunch break because I'm classy. Didn't have that pre-work cup of coffee. And oh, man, was it a hard day. I was a zombie, but I lived. But I was concerned that if I didn't get coffee, there'd be a point where I'd hit that wall and crash worse than I've crashed in a very long time and just, like, go ape shit on these children. This is precisely... The reason why I don't like coffee all that much. Like, I don't like my dependency on coffee. Granted, I've found good ways in my life to make sure I do stay caffeinated with, like, they make, like, caffeinated, like, cliff bars, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can, like, 
eat a Cliff Bar that's caffeinated and be okay. Even when have you ever heard of awake chocolate bars? Awake chocolate bars. No. Those are my those are my thing in college. They're a bar of chocolate, and each chocolate bar has the same amount of caffeine as a cup of coffee, but it's in four parts, so you can sort of choose how much caffeine you want. Uh, so I'd bring those when I would have like late nights and and munch on those sort of periodically, and that would help. I'd also eat like four in a night, but it's that's besides the point. And and chocolate already has caffeine in it a little right, bit. Right, so anyway. you're you're upping it. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the kind of the thing. Although I, I I've got the out with the camp stove and the the grounds ready to go and little AeroPress would be great. See, I need now I need to invest. Clearly, you could you could compile a bunch of sticks in your backyard. Light a campfire in that little camp. I'm sure I'd violate some weird condition of my lease. Like, there's probably an addendum to an addendum that's like, do not start a fire on the driveway. No fires in the driveway? I think people would probably look at me weird if I lit up my camp stove on my driveway, but... I don't know. I feel like you give off a vibe where people would just, like, nod and go about their day. Like, But I live in suburbia, though. You dress like you don't, though. You dress like you're going out into the woods on any given day. Which I do on And I mean that as a compliment. And people see weird... You know, backpacks and canoes and canoe paddles and skis and snowshoes coming out of my house all the time. So I guess that makes sense. But uh, you put on that big red hat, the long one that you like. Yes. I mean, you're you're put on a, a vest and a flannel. I mean, <laughs> a no one's vest gonna, and a flannel. People will walk. They'll be like, "Oh, someone's starting a fire." Oh, it's it's the camp guy, and they'll leave. No one's gonna care. Yeah, probably. Live authentically. Live authentically if i did that people think i'm crazy you could live that authentically i don't know i haven't though i don't give. i don't give off that vibe that's the problem if i i could start giving off that vibe but i couldn't just start by starting a fire in the driveway True. that's like a big bang and you don't want to start a vibe with a big bang fair enough so you're tired and i'm a coffee short so we're at, we've got some weird energy going on was this episode. today that it. you missed out on your coffee mm-hmm. wait did you get power back today yeah it, 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 it i think Mid afternoon or early afternoon, late morning, early afternoon, it came back oh, on. Wow. I didn't get home until six thirty almost, but I came home and it was on again. I guess we are running this one on half power, huh? Kind of like my apartment today. Yeah, that's okay though. You know, we chill vibe. Done fifty of these. We can have a we can have a chill one. It's all good. Um, I did do some groundwork and send you a video to watch before our. I didn't watch it though. You didn't watch it though. Well. That was your homework, and... You didn't tell me it was homework. You said I should check it out. You think I'd enjoy it. It was like... You said it as if it was an extra credit assignment. You didn't say it was required homework. I'll watch watch it for the next one. I do want to... It's okay. Did you ever get annoyed at the kids that got over 100 in the class because they did the extra assignment? Extra credit assignment? Like, 100's good enough. You, You don't need better than 100. And, like, I... Extra credit's for people who need it. Also, the... The point of the class is not to, like, see who can get the highest score. You're not trying to win. I mean, they were definitely trying to win. There's one this student isn't checkers. In, there's one student in particular that was definitely trying to win. Um, the name start with a J by any chance? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a couple There's a couple students that could be. Actually, you're right. There's a couple students that began with a J that were trying to win. Do you remember the J student who we graduated with, who got every single scholarship, even though he already had a full ride to a really good college. What do you mean every single scholarship? Like, all the, like, scholarships that the school had, or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, the, the, I don't know. He got all these, like, distinguished scholarships, but he already had a full ride to Princeton. 
I remember being really pissed about that. I do remember that. Well, he's Jeff Bezos now, so that's okay. Yeah, we want to little little known fact. He is Jeff Bezos. Je- that's the J, Jeff. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Bezos. Of course, back then we called him Little Jeff. Jeffrey. Little Jeff. Little Jeff. Little Jeff. Little Jeff. Uh, Stuffed him in lockers. Now look at us. Yeah. Dragging him on a podcast. I, I don't know what to say. I feel like we could either fall back into a high school podcast. Or... That'd be four episodes in a row. I don't know if we can handle that. <laughs> we did. <laughs> that has been. I listened to our the most recent one that came out. Uh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna date my editing skills immediately. Well, no, I didn't say which one. That's true. That could be any of them. I listened to one of the latest four that has a bunch of high school rem- remembrance in it, and uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, so I feel like I'm kind of thinking about that more. But uh, a lot of cut content in that one. Uh, a few a few Charlie Brown parent voices but not too bad there were some full sentences that were removed oh really full exchanges i would say that identified a little too closely dang i i forgot about that what what's left on the cutting room floor you know i don't know we put out a a third lost episode and it's just naming the names of (laughs) everyone we went to high school with but (laughs) but in an order in which you can't tell what episode they're right or what where they're from and then it just uh yeah, it goes on and on. We eventually compile enough that it's just like a list of, you know. It's just a, a stage reading of a, of a yearbook at that point. Yeah, plus all the stupid stuff that I say sometimes, so that makes sense. I say dumb shit, too. Yeah. I'd say there's an equal 50-50 split between the dumb shit you say and the dumb shit I say that gets cut. Which is good, because I, I would feel bad if I made you work more than you made yourself work. No, it's fine. We've done four episodes of naming naming names, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't do any work. I was trying to make less work for you on this one. I appreciate it. Um, well, if we don't fall into high school nostalgia, what are we going to talk about? You texted me one thing also. We've only texted each other a single thing for this episode. Well, I texted you a whole video to talk about. Okay, well, you didn't explicitly state that the video was part of, of I, this episode. I think I did. Uh, what did I say? I said, uh, I guess I said you should watch the latest film. Not you must. Yeah. Not watch this before Monday. There will be a quiz. Watch this before Monday's class. I'm going to ask you about it. Yeah, the thing on my list was cat attachment styles. And they. I was listening to this thing on NPR about how cats have similar attachment styles to humans. Emotional attachment. Yes. So I didn't make that connection until this exact moment. What did you think it was? I was thinking there was like a, an arm thing you could like latch a cat to or something. I don't know. Weird. Um, but there's there's uh, four major types of attachment style. There's secure attachment, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and then anxious avoidant attachment, like a combo of the both. And cats, they were like finding a way to resonate like the cat and the owner's attachment style and like what that meant about the relationship. Similar to what you could do with any, you know, adult relationship in your life. But uh, I was wondering what attachment style you think your cat has. Well, you've you've named them all, and I'm I've, I've not done my psychology homework in a while, uh, as that the only psych class I took was in the middle of a pandemic, and I did give up. So you why don't you describe? In, in college. Yeah, so I had to take two science classes, and I'm not really a science guy, 
So I took an astronomy class sophomore year. Were you part of the science club in high school? No. My sister was. Really? My sister was president at one point, I think. Dang. I think I went to a meeting. I think I went to a meeting, too. That was probably also because of a girl. Anyways. Yeah, that uh, is, I think, I think I went to the same meeting for another girl. Just like stage uh, crew. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I took an astronomy class, and then I just sort of put it off because I kept taking film classes and English classes. Um, and then I took a psych class second semester senior year, thinking this would be an easy blow-off class. It's a 100-level class. Uh, and it was it was an easy blow-off class. And then a pandemic hit, and then it was an easy blow-off class because I just stopped doing stuff because it was a pandemic. Uh, still is, obviously. Uh, or maybe you're listening, dear listener, in the future where there's no longer a pandemic, in which case I say, take me with you. Um, but I, I, could you describe the attachment styles in a little more detail just so I can... So, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to do this. And I think the way I'm going to try to do this, hmm. I'm going to do this with Ethan life stages. <laughs> so I think that's what's going to hit home the most. Okay. I'm going to try to do it so you don't have to edit anything. Are these specific to me or are these general life stages that just I happen to have? No, I think right now you're more in the avoidance stage. I think pre-2000, I think pre, was that sophomore year in high school? You were an anxious attachment style. I think directly after sophomore year in high school, you were anxious avoidant attachment style. Are we talking about my relationship in high school, the really bad one? Is is that is that the point you're you're indicating as sort of the flip point? Yeah, I don't remember if it was sophomore or junior year. It was junior. Junior year. Before you were anxious. Afterwards you were anxious avoidant. Now you're avoidant. Uh, yeah. I would argue I have no uh, attachment at all to that person. No, like like it doesn't matter who you are attached to. It's what you embody regardless of your relationship. Or to the most extent. Like like not I don't know. It it can change. Does NPR define that? Could you just pull up the article and uh, name them? No, I, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Cause okay, that's fair. That's fair. The thing is, I know about these enough that I can I can probably talk about them. And I'm just trying to put them into a frame that I think would be interesting yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. for listeners to hear without actually hearing the context, and a frame that you would actually know because you know the context. If you're wondering, this is her name was. Oh God! Dang it! <laughs> don't do that. You're scaring me, bud. Uh, I could do it with Isaac's life as well. I think. I don't know your life as well as my life, but. Uh, sophomore year in high school, or is that junior or college? Sophomore year of college, anxious, then turned into anxious avoidant, and then I kind of went through the same cycle as you, just later in life. I paved the way. Now feeling fairly secure. Anyways, um, anxious is like you always have to keep that person at arm's distance you're scared when they're not around you you're like worried that the relationship is going to end or that something is going to bad happen avoidant is you're like kind of like not attached at all but you're more like scared of attachment or rejection so you kind of keep that person at arm's length you don't allow them into your you don't let them get too deep you know to to know you very deeply because then that'll hurt more when they leave um yeah avoidant anxious avoidant is like a combo of both where you're like both pushing and pulling usually involves some form of like manipulation or like trauma that's like a complicated and like 
I don't think either of us really like stay in that one too long. Um, but people can definitely get stuck there for, yeah. And then secure is like, you're right down the middle. You're not like pushing somebody away. You're not pulling them, holding them tighter to you. You're just kind of like doing good and you hopefully communicate about it. Does that put into context what I said earlier about your life stages as a young, uh, Chrysalis. It does. I, I don't know that I'm avoidant with anyone nowadays, but well, feel true. free to just pigeonhole me into this box that you've you've opened up I've and painted. ready-made for me. Uh, Stuck yeah. a donut in there so I'd fall right in it. I don't know. I, I don't think you're like, we're bad avoidant. It's whatever. But now... I, what, yeah, that makes sense. Now that you have a precursory knowledge of attachment styles... Uh, what attachment style do you think your cat has towards you? Definitely anxious. A hundred percent anxious. See? Uh, he used to be avoidant. So when I first got him, he wouldn't let anyone near him. He sat behind the toilet for a week. Very clear. And only came out to eat and use the litter box, which was in the bathroom too, which was really awkward sometimes. Because that was where I went to the bathroom too. So we both had our like toilets across from each other. So there's a lot of like, hello, getting to know each other really well, really fast. Also, you'd think taking a shower would freak him out, but he just sort of stared at me. Uh, I guess he wasn't fully avoidant. Like, he was fine. He just didn't want to hang out, which is, you know, fair. He had been on the streets. Uh, and then, you know, we got to know each other a little bit more. He got a little braver and braver. Now he's super cuddly. He's right behind me right now, right, Pip? I love you. <laughs> he just looked up. Um, but if I'm not home, he really doesn't eat much. He doesn't come out much from what I understand. I mean, I can't confirm that, but his food's really never touched unless it's like a weird day where he's been out of the house all day because of bed bug stuff and he got dropped off and needs to eat, but we're tight now, but like he, I'm the only person he hangs out with anyone else. He won't come out. I mean, you, you, you saw him. He, when you're here, he really doesn't have any interest in anyone else. Disappears when anyone's there. Yeah, I would I would say your cat has an anxious attachment style. Me, I don't know. I whatever. <laughs> no big deal. We don't have to get into it too much, I guess. Just kidding. It really has become a very fatherly relationship with him. You think so? In a way, the like the worries I have for him, and like the the stresses that I I have when I think about him are what I imagine parents feel for their kids. I can't think of the specific ones, but just like, I feel like I have to, before I leave every day, take care of every possible thing he could get into that would hurt him. Uh, you know, I worry about him, drive myself sick with worry over things that are probably fine. Like Sounds like you have an anxious attachment style to your cat, too. I think I might. I mean, he's he's the closest friend I have at this point, right? Like, Fair enough. I don't see anyone else. I see my coworkers. They're not, I don't hang out with my coworkers. I went out for drinks once with them, and that was weird. He's my best bud. There you go. Actually, when I was out, speaking of going out for drinks with my coworkers, my boss wanted to go around and ask everyone's relationship status, which is a weird thing to ask at like a staff hangout. But she said, Ethan, are you, are you, you have any relationship prospects? And I said, well, I've got a cat. <laughs> I figured that was a good enough answer. That's, that explains a lot in one answer. Uh, yes. Then later she asked if, if uh, she said, you should tell your roommates. We're looking for a staff. You should have your roommates... Check us out and said, well, I, my roommate's a cat. So, <laughs> I don't know that's going to happen. 
uh, I, I forgot what I was going to follow up with that with. I don't know. Man, I hope this isn't a boring one. We There are some that we record, and I'm like, this is not going to be a good one. And then I listen back, and there's there's always like nuggets in there that are really, really good. There's always something in there. Well, that's the, the, the vibe of the podcast is, is two friends hanging out, right? Like sometimes, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Sometimes you just chill. When do you think it's a good point when hanging out with somebody and being able to be quiet around them is good? And when do you think it's no longer good? Like, like when you're first getting to know somebody, there's always that anxiety of, oh, I need to talk all the time to fill this awkward time. It's like weird to have quiet together. Then you get to the stage where it's like, okay, I can be quiet around this person. We can hang out in the same room and we don't have to say anything all the time. But then that gets weird again too. And then it's like too quiet. And then you feel guilty for it being too quiet and you guys doing your own thing all the time. So then you have to like breach that quietness somehow. You know what I'm saying? I do. I think the, the, the threshold of that is largely made up. Really? In the same way that like the friend zone is like a, a thing, but it's mostly just a thing. People tell themselves is the thing to make themselves feel better about being shitty people sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think when this point you get to where you can be comfortably silent with someone is the sweet spot. But yeah. if you start to worry that something's off, there are two options. Like if you start to no longer feel comfortable in that sweet spot, the first thing is there is something very wrong and the other person's upset with you or something, and there's a conversation that needs to be had that isn't being had, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other option is you are no longer comfortable because you there's a conversation you need to have with this person mm-hmm. about why you're no longer comfortable. Yeah. If that makes sense. That also makes sense. I, I don't know how to phrase it any more specifically. No, than... that makes a lot of sense, dude. I, uh, I think you're totally right there. That usually when the silence becomes no longer good and when it becomes awkward then yeah there's something that needs to be said either it's legitimately awkward because there's something going on or you perceive it as awkward because you deep down know there's something that makes it awkward yeah in you it's either there's either a genuine shift or a shift you feel because you've moved on in some way you've moved in a different direction in some way perceptively or not do you think that like if you were to move in with somebody like if you were to have a roommate do you think you'd be able to keep it from getting quiet and not that weird, like... I have no clue. Quiet awkwardness all the time? My only... I mean, I had college roommates, but that's sort of a different game than, like, a real adult roommate. Sure. My only real experience with that was when I was up at camp last year, I lived with a couple of friends slash coworkers, and we definitely crossed that, that threshold where none of us were saying stuff to each other because there were things that were wrong. And we didn't talk about them, and that's obviously an issue. But at the same time, it's kind of nice just to chill. I, you know, there were afternoons where we we'd like make a fire in the stove and just do our own thing, read or, or like paint our nails or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's all about phases in in any kind of relationship, roommate, romantic, platonic, whatever. You have to settle in. I don't think you can immediately find that phase no. with anyone. I think with a, like with a roommate, you're gonna want to like become friends, whatever that means first. So you'd probably talk all the time. Right. But I'm sure you'd reach a point where you'd just be comfortable hanging out, you know, playing video games, doing hard drugs, whatever roommates do. (laughs) Being in each other's space, but not having to feel like you have to fill that space with 
together. Yeah, there's something really, you know, there's there's an intimacy to that, to just being able to be with someone and not have to do something. Mm-hmm. I think about uh, campfires, I feel like, bring that vibe very quickly because how many oh, there's a lot of campfires where people will, will sing and dance and play songs and just sort of be merry but i've and i'm sure you've been to these campfires too where people just sort of sit and stare into the flames and sort of feel the spirit of the the fire in the woods and stuff yeah you're still there with those people that's a perceptible thing and there's something powerful in that but no one's talking you're just feeling what you're feeling what i've been noticing is that my threshold for personal presence like like that like that campfire thing where it's like, okay, we're all doing our same thing, but we're all watching the same fire. And the like being intentional about the time I'm spending with somebody and, oh, we're both doing something together and talking about it. And it's very fun and active. My proportions to that have changed. I think dramatically after COVID where I think now I'm, I don't have as much energy for the together doing something intentionally having a good time going bowling together or something more so than the like we're just in each other's space but we're doing the same thing we're not necessarily talking about it it's way more meaningful now because we have been apart from people for so long i've seen you once in the last year you know what i mean like yeah but the and there's friends i haven't seen in in years now just the presence is more meaningful than doing stuff if I haven't seen, you know, my friends from college, I haven't seen them in almost two years now. Or that's a year and a half. If, I, you know, I could hang out with them and go drinking or bowling or probably not drinking or bowling now because, you know, but, you know, I could go do something with them and that'd be fun. But then the focus isn't on being with that person necessarily. I just don't have the energy for that. Like, it'd be great. I, I could do that one night a week, but I don't have the energy for that as much anymore because I haven't been doing that. Yeah. I find I crave it. I I got really sick of Zoom last spring, just like violently, angrily sick of Zoom and, and, and the fact that all sort of social interactions on Zoom had to be active. What do you mean active? Like it's hard. It, it, you, you don't get the same chill, relaxed vibe. You know, we could we could put on a Zoom call, you and me, and, and do our own things and just right. hang out. We don't feel that other person's presence as much. No, you're you're sitting in a little rectangle on the computer screen. Yeah. So I got really into I, the the only interaction on Zoom I could tolerate was active doing something, game nights like Jackbox or or Cards Against Humanity or Uno stuff like that. Yeah. That was the only because it was a distraction. I can't do the the chill intimate stuff on Zoom, and I got so frustrated with that. I I find I crave that now. Huh. Interesting. I, I, I kind of feel the opposite, at least right now, on a Monday night. I feel like I wish I had more energy for fun group things in person, but I realize that I don't. And there's definitely times in college when I felt the same thing, too. Like, there's a party going on, or people are gathering for some music or something, and I'm like, mm, I don't particularly feel excited about going to it, but it might be fun. Let me go. And I go there, and I chat with a couple people, and then I'm like, man, I'm really tired. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily feel a social connection right now. I'm just going to like go home and read a book. And that feels better. Like, but I'd put myself in that social situation just to mm. test if I was, yeah, test my true feelings in the moment. And I find that comes up now at a much easier threshold or a much sooner threshold than it did before. The thing I found helped a lot in those situations in college where I would start to feel sort of not wanting the social interaction anymore was a lot of alcohol. <laughs> that would that would flip me right back to the, the wanting to hang out 
zone. Uh, no, alcohol doesn't do that for me, man. It alcohol itself doesn't. Alcohol and people that I like does that. No, not even that for me, dude. I become quiet and reserved and thinking about my own things, and I don't talk very much when I drink. We have never gone drinking together. We went once to a bar in our hometown, but that was like a hangout and drink kind of vibe. That wasn't like a drink, drink. But that was like a go get dinner. Right. Which, what I'm saying is we've never like gotten drunk together. <laughs> Correct. Because I think we are completely like we are opposite drunks. Well, you're also a theater person. I mean, am I? <laughs> yeah. I haven't done theater in, in a very long time. It comes out though. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. When now that you put it that way. And I'm not. I'm a very contemplative kind of guy. I if I get drunk enough, I give the "I love you guys" speech every single time. See, no, that's not. That's me. that's that's how I am as a drunk. No, I and think, I get giggly. I, I get a little giggly, but I get quiet. I don't talk very much. Or if I do, I I try to talk deep deeply, not like funny. I don't know. I tr- I try to be deep too, but it, it mostly just comes out as dipshit. It's hard to describe. Yeah. I I feel like drinking's lost its fun when you do it alone. <laughs> wow. That's the most depressing line of this podcast ever. <laughs> I, I, I didn't But like, you know, I'm an adult. I purchase adult beverages sometimes. It's legal or whatever. It being legal is also taking some of the fun out of it. <laughs> like I can just go buy one. It's not it's not an exciting Right, but like escapade anymore. Well, I think you're right that it's a sh- it's a social lubricant when there's yeah. no thing to be social about. And then it's like, okay, well, great. You know? I don't know. But I haven't gone drinking with friends in such a long time. Like, I think probably my birthday last year was the last time I really got really drunk with people. Yeah, it's been a while for me too, but... So, like, I'll have a beer or two every once in a while here, and it's like, I get chill. Sure. But if I get any more drunk than that, it's not going to be You're gonna good. You're going to change drink. the subject. Did yeah. You... Have you seen the movie Heathers? I am I'm acquainted with it. Okay. Uh I've been doing this thing where I've been watching a movie with people, but the movie has always been a cringe comedy that would not be approved in the 21st century. You got a whole couple of decades that really have nothing but those like early 2000s, 1990s, late 1990s comedies. I guess Heathers is the 80s, but I think the tail end of the 80s had a lot of those kinds of movies too. But you're like wow you cannot say that or dang that is not a subplot that could happen today nobody's making a movie like that but it's also very entertaining to kind of gawk and ooh and ah and be like oh my god like you can't say that but somehow they get a slight pass because they're like cult classic movies you know like another one is like super bad the whole plot of the movie is teenage kids getting alcohol jonah hill's in that right yes like it I don't see somebody making that movie today in the 21st century with all of our uh, wokeness, which kind of makes it even better to watch. I feel like Heather's is definitely the same way. That's been kind of my movie kick recently, is watching movies that could not come out nowadays. It's fun to get on a movie kick. I I do a movie every week that I haven't seen before. There you go. What's the latest? I watched Mission Impossible 2 on Saturday. You just skipped to 2? I watched the first one months and months and months ago, and I've seen the later ones. I saw a couple of them in theaters recently. The most recent one's a masterpiece, and I, I don't use that term lightly, but it's a phenomenal film, like, really, really well done. Mission Impossible 2 is a really bad film. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the dialogue is bad. The plot, it's there, I guess, technically. You could <laughs> say there's a plot. Uh, it was about a virus, though, so I sort of didn't want to focus too heavily on that. Uh, there's a weird amount of, like, virus and plague plots in, in 
TV and movies. Yeah. That I did not pay much attention to until I watched them, you know, now. But there's two there's two scenes in Mission Impossible 2 that I think are really, really emblematic of what the film is. The first, it's one of the first scenes in the movie. Tom Cruise climbs a mount, a, a, a big rock. He free solos a rock somewhere. It's not identified, but it's like a big orange, dusty rock. It probably isn't orange. They feel like color. But that was like the first big Tom Cruise stunt where he could have killed himself. Because that's like the the appeal of the films now. Is Tom Cruise, I, I read an article and I think the writer said, the appeal of the Mission Impossible movies is Tom Cruise tries to kill himself for our entertainment every year. Mm. And that's, that's sort of what it is because he does his own stunts, right? So he's climbing this mountain and then... A helicopter flies over and shoots a rocket at him. But the rocket is just a little capsule, and he opens it up, and there's a pair of sunglasses inside. Mm-hmm. So he puts the sunglasses on, and it's a video screen. Anthony Hopkins is there, and he's like, hello, Tom Cruise. His name's not Tom Cruise in the movies. His name is Ethan Hunt, and I like the movies also, because how many action movies have a character named Ethan as the protagonist? Well, there you go. Um, he's like, here's the mission. Choose to accept it. And then it ends, and it says this message will self-destruct, and it counts down. So Tom Cruise takes the sunglasses off because that's where the message is and he throws them right at the camera. And as they go toward the camera, they just explode. And then you get this like heavy guitar riff of the Mission Impossible theme. And that's what opens the film. It's glorious and it's stupid. <laughs> and the other scene that I don't talk out loud during movies often, but this scene happened and I said out loud to my cat, no fucking way. Tom Cruise and, and basically the evil Tom Cruise in this movie They've been in a motorcycle chase. It's like the, the climax of the film. Cars have been blowing up and, and stuff's been going everywhere. But they get to this beach and they're, it's just the two of them left. They line up on either end of the beach. It's like a joust. And they drive toward each other. It's a game of chicken. Who's going to hit? And then they both jump off their motorcycles and punch each other in midair as the motorcycles collide and explode and they go flying and spinning, punching and kicking to the ground. And again, so stupid and yet so satisfying. It's kind of one of those over-the-top things yeah. that, you know, it's so over-the-top, it's ridiculous, but that's what makes it entertaining. It's not what I watch all the time, but that's what I was in the mood for this particular week. But yeah, every week I try to watch a movie. I've had, I, I, most weeks I've done it, watch a movie I haven't seen before. They're not all, you know, action films. I watched uh, Paddington. How was that? Really amazing. You should watch both Paddington films. The second one especially is uh, one of the best films I've ever seen. All right. Good to know. Do you have any like rituals like that that you you get into? Because that's my weekly ritual. Is I, I watch a movie every Saturday, and I find it really grounds me. If this kind of counts as a ritual, then yeah, I try to do this every Monday night, which is good. Um, I guess Wednesdays are usually my ritual for doing laundry and going food shopping. I try to get that done Wednesday, so I have like bookends to my time there. The uh, other rituals, as far as movies go, no, I I get kind of on a movie kick and then off a movie kick. It kind of just depends. Well, I've been watching more YouTube videos than movies recently because there's like some really good stuff on YouTube that that is cool, and um, I find that you can get very niche with it. Like you can find like exactly the niche that you're into, rather yeah. than like I feel like Netflix has to appeal to a wider audience, but um. Like watching videos of canoeing trips and watching videos of uh, Bo Miles and, and his cool adventures and stuff. Like, there's definitely a habit of doing that, but I don't think it's like a ritual because I don't like have a certain time and place that I do it. You know, habits are good. habits are just rituals that haven't become obsessive yet. <laughs> I would say it is obsessive. It's just not uh, not regularly obsessive. Not 
You haven't scheduled your obsession. No, no, it's not ceremonial yet, I suppose. Yet. Yeah, it, it probably will be. It probably should be for my health, I think, but... Um, I should check out more YouTube stuff. I think Bo Miles is definitely a rabbit hole I could happily fall down. And yet you didn't for our... Isaac, I work 40 hours a week. I work, too. Yeah, but you you have a full week off in which you can do these things. Yeah, but... I get a couple hours a night, and most of the time is spent trying not to, like, get depressed and... and Cry myself to sleep every night. Well, dude, Bo Miles will help you with that. Okay, so I'll watch some more Bo Miles. <laughs> Get off my back. Yeah, it's it's all good. I'm gonna watch every single one of his videos for the next episode. You probably could. Just just to spite you. You probably could. It'd be I great. I probably could. But then I won't remember anything specific. Yep, yeah, you'll be just infused with a aura of his work. I'll come on next week and just have gained an Australian accent. <laughs> that I can't break out of. Uh I use the word mate sometimes in that. I know you texted me that tonight, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Saying it in an American accent doesn't have quite the same vibe as... as well, you if know. you're going to say it, you have to say it in a British accent. Right. It's like saying cheers as, yeah. as like in, in terms of like, thank you. Sure. I think Danny, our, our guest a while ago, mentioned that as he saying it in an American accent just sounds wrong to him. He also doesn't... He's not American, so that may be part of it. I thought yeah. like someone would be like, cheers, mate. Doesn't really... <laughs> there's something off about that. Yeah. Do you find, I mean, I don't know how often you speak in accents enough that it would become a tick, or or maybe, you, you know, immersing yourself in something like Bo Miles, do you find you, you do start to adapt to speech patterns? Um, there's, that's definitely a thing, that's definitely, um, oh, I forget what it's called, it's like sympathetic accent syndrome or something, where you like pick up the accent of the people that are around you to like try to fit in, for lack of a better term. And uh, I definitely do a little bit, but I try to keep it in my inner monologue and, and remind myself not to yeah. not to go around and look like a goof. My very first summer uh, working at camp, it was my first time really spending a lot of intense time with people who were not from this country, uh, which was awesome. But I found myself like certain vowel sounds, I would start to pronounce differently without meaning to because of how much time I spent. And I, I remember most intensely, there was this 30-second crisis where I couldn't remember if I should call something a chip, a crisp, or a fry. And I couldn't remember the word for it in any dialect of anything. Uh, which you're, is, you're not a true American. If you get swayed that easily, I can't remember what our national food is, deep-fried potatoes <laughs> in the form of sticks that are easily coated in salt and consumed quickly. Usually dipped in something. Usually dipped in ketchup, which is mostly sugar. Like a tomato. <laughs> Not even a tomato. The ghost of a tomato. The ghost of a tomato and the ketchup. I, uh, not the drinking story, but it's also an accent story. I may have told this on the podcast before, I don't know, but I was in a show, junior year of college. Uh, it was a Jane Austen story and set in Edwardian England, so the director wanted us all to have proper British accents, so she brought in a dialect coach to teach us how to do, like, sort of the, the when people think of the British accent, you know, there's a bunch of them, but the, sort of the, the stereotypical hmm. one. And we spent weeks practicing our lines and practicing how to say certain things, and we all got pretty good at it, uh, which was cool to be able to, like, sound like, you know, sound like how the character should. But we had a cast party after the show wrapped, and I, you know, I imbibed a bit, we'll say, and went to go get late night snacks with my friends at the uh, the student center. But I, the combination of the show and the drinks, 
locked together and I got stuck in that accent. Like I could not break out of it. So I walked into the student center and was like, hello, could I have some French fries, please? And But I, I was fighting very hard to keep it together. And it didn't, one of my friends still has a voicemail. I left him like, oh, we're, lo we're looking for you right now. We can't find you. Where are you? That's when you just stop talking. Right. Well, I don't know how to do that when I when I drink. So. Yeah, fair enough. I, uh, yeah, no, I've never had that experience, but... Um, <laughs> You've never done an accent and gotten stuck in it because of, of barley? I'm very conscious of it. Like I said, I try to, like, keep it in my inner monologue and really be very careful about it. Because I, I want to avoid embarrassing situations <laughs> like that, you know? I lose all, uh, all shame sometimes, and that's okay. It's kind of... It's kind of what happens, I guess. I do find I've, I've picked up a northern accent, though. Yeah? Being in Vermont and now in Wisconsin, like, they have, there's certainly a northern accent to it. And it's hard to describe, but it's certainly there. Yeah, I guess I picked up Midwest stuff a little bit. Yeah. Ohio accents are a little wider on the vowels. Sure. Than, than where we grew up. And the phrase ope is used ope. a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, let me squeeze right by you. Oh. I use that one involuntarily so much. Yeah. I think the other thing pausing my brain train right now is that it's, it's very hot in this apartment. And I know it's cooler outside of this apartment than it is inside this apartment. And that's very frustrating. Yeah, I feel the same way right now. I mean, I'm going to turn my air conditioning on when we finish this episode. You, I know you, you can't do that. Ugh, you jerk. How, how much hotter is it in your apartment versus outside? Because I usually, with the AC off, I usually get about 10 degrees, maybe a little higher difference. I was going to say, it's probably 10 degrees. But if it's... 70 degrees outside right now. It's probably 80 degrees in the apartment. I think 84 is the highest I've hit in here before I've given up. I, I know I hit 88 once. Well, then you and then I time travel in the future. Uh. <laughs> I uh, I've definitely probably hit 90 inside the house. Ugh. Yeah, and like stagnant air. It's gross. Yeah, that's not. I was I had a dorm room in college at one point. That was on the fourth floor of a building, mm -hmm. and the heat just. I mean, obviously the heat rises, but it was disgusting in this room for much of the year because of the heat how hot do you think it gets on like the hundredth floor of buildings like how much how much more does that work i don't know well a building that's a hundred floors high probably has pretty good central heat, central air i would hope so if you're gonna build, build a building that high you're probably gonna invest the money into making it nice probably not the first ones though when do you think they were building a hundred story building i guess well that's i guess i forgot about the empire state building you know what i'm saying like that's gotta be gross but do you think there's a point where you're so high up that it starts to get cold again? No. No? You're not that high up. 100 floors is probably not even 1,000 feet. And 1,000 feet is what? Every, I think it's 3 degrees for every 1,000 feet of elevation change. You'd know better than I would. I'm pretty sure that's it. But it's probably not even 1,000 feet. It's probably like 500. At which point it's like... Well, there's probably some wind action that you could open up a window and take advantage of. You want to open a window on the hundredth floor? Fall right out. Well, you're not gonna open it all the way. You're not gonna step in it. You're gonna crack it and let some air come in. Who opens the window and sits pressed up against it? <laughs> uh, Besides, you've you've seen the pictures of people like putting their babies out in cages outside. Yeah. There were there were safety mechanisms in place. Cage baby. Uh, I never want to live in a building that tall anyway. So I, I guess I don't have to worry about it. No, nor do I. I'm on the third floor. That's enough for me. I don't think I've ever. I've only lived on the second story of buildings. When I was on the fourth, the fourth floor, there was no elevator. Really? So every every day, not four flights isn't that much, but when it's every day and you already have to walk up a hill of 
fairly big hill just to go to class. I feel like it would have to be handicap accessible, no? It was not. There were there were some dorms that were and some dorms that weren't, and I guess it was a compromise. Yeah, that makes sense. If you can't walk, don't live in the nice dorms. Yeah. That's how it'd be, I guess. Because that's the liberal arts way. Or the the board of trustees way, I guess. That's the private school way, I suppose. Yeah. That's true. Public schools probably are better about that sort of thing because it's probably mandates. Yeah. Speaking of mandates in public schools. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about that, actually. That... I'm all for it, anyway. No, you're not for the mandate. No, I'm for the mandate. No, no, no. The governor came out with his own mandate that said you can't mandate. Oh, that... Well... There's a lot of states. I was talking about just the concept of mandates and mandating certain things in oh, schools. Okay. I think that's a fairly reasonable thing. How many how many shots how many shots did we have to get just to attend school? Would you get a third one? Six months from now and they're like, Alright everybody, it's open to everybody. Oh absolutely. I'd get a third one too. Why not? Get my immune system going a little more? Absolutely. Give it to me. I don't want to get sick. Do you think it would put you on your butt more than the second one though is my question i think there's no way to know i bet it would i bet it at would. least equal at least would, equal i think it would multiply. greater than or equal to That's what it <laughs> greater than or equal to the experience of the first the second one and the second i mean the second one sucks but it, yeah you know it wasn't terrible it, it wasn't the worst well it was not the best thing i've ever experienced <laughs> I, I don't know what the worst thing i've ever experienced is but it was you know it, it was tolerable i felt like shit for a few hours and i felt hungover for a few days like it's It'll be all Whatever. right. I think that's all we should say about mandates. Just get vaccinated, listeners, if you haven't yet. Yeah, just do it. If you haven't yet and you're listening to our show, stop listening to our show and go get vaccinated. Please, it's free. When are you ever going to get free health care? When you move to Canada and become a Canadian citizen? Have you have you looked into that ever? No. Oh, like what it would take to become a Canadian citizen? No, I haven't. I have a couple of times. What's it take? Well, I mean, I, it's been a while. It's pretty much the same. You know, you can get a work visa and work there for a while, and that can lead to, like, a full... It's the same as any immigration process. It takes right. some time. It's not as wildly inconsistent and targeted as, as the American immigration system is. But Fair. It still takes some time. I've, I've, Canada and New Zealand are the two I've really looked into. New Zealand would be cool, but they're the ones that, that win the Plague Inc. game every time. Yeah, well, they also won the pandemic. Well, yeah, that's the that's the yeah, point. and that that sounds pretty nice right now. Yeah, I thought we were doing okay, and then it turns out we were not. I bet you they're not letting anybody in right now, though. What if I asked really nicely though? In an Australian accent, so it makes you look like they're your neighbor. Right. Like, hey, crikey, I'd love to be in your country. I'm just over the right there. I threw my boomerang, and it came back, and it was written to say, "Come to New Zealand," so I had to come. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Also, I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, Apologies to our Australian listeners, of which there is probably at least one at some point in the history of the podcast. Someone in Australia probably... Maybe. Apologies to New Zealand for just everything for the last couple of minutes of, of me putting your country on a pedestal. I'm sure you've got your own issues. But really, you seem better than the United States. Most countries do. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of on the, like, dick it out and ride the wave as it happens you know um, joe's got us bezos good old musky elon musk is the future of that i've always been certain we didn't talk about jeff bezos going to the moon just to or not to the moon to space <laughs> just to get i think that's a that's a good final point to do on this episode let's talk about jeff bezos going to space for two minutes just to get uh trumped by brian cranston or whatever his name is brian brian cranston did not go to space brian brian cranston plays walter white on breaking bad he did not go to space brian uh richard something richard richard the virgin richard the is that a real person or did you make that up no he's, he's virgin galactic right 
Oh, yeah. His name's not Brian? No, I don't think it is. It's Richard? I'm pretty sure it's Dr. Richard something. Richard Cranston? I don't know. I've, I've not been following the billionaires in space very closely. <laughs> I think it's Richard Branson. I think that is what it is. I think that's where you got Brian Cranston from. You just you split the name. You foiled the name. Yes. It is Richard Branson. Sir Richard Charles Nicholas Branson. English business magnate, investor, author. In the 19- business magnate's a hell of a title. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to click on that, see where that takes me, Wikipedia. Uh, a business magnate. I mean, it's going to take you to philosophy eventually, but we'll, we'll <laughs> Someone... enjoy the journey. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever played... Uh, um... We've talked about this. Yeah, I have. Uh, no, no, but you... We you, haven't played the race one. You pick two things and you try to get... Okay. We've not done... I haven't played that. Hold on. Wikipedia's got a list of business magnates. Okay, who's on it? No, no, you... There's... Hold on. 1, 2, 3, 4, Oh, I have five, to guess six, them? This seven, is a game? Eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. There's 18. I'm going to realistically say you could guess 1, 2, 3, 4... You could realistically get above 50% on this quiz. I'm going to give you a uh, – hold on here. Let me get a, a stopwatch up here. I'm going to give you two minutes. You, you get this bonus time to think. When the two minutes clock starts, you're going to – you're going Business to, magnates. Uh, okay. You have to guess. Uh, can, I ask, can I ask a question before I start guessing? Uh, probably not, but go ahead. Are these all living business magnates? Negative. Most of them are dead. Okay. Okay. You have two minutes starting now. I'm just writing down all the fancy rich men I know. What? You waste. You don't have to write it. This isn't a written. No, because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna remember them. Oh god. You already killed 15 seconds. Well, now you're talking about it. Just let me write. I'm forgetting people's names. Um. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're already 45 seconds in. Leave me alone. You, you just have to name 10 business magnates. And you're giving me two minutes. I'm not going to remember every name I think of in two minutes. That's why I'm writing them down. You've already mentioned three of them. Three of them? Yeah. Oh, that's a hint. And actually, he prefers the term techno king, but... <laughs> techno which, which we have never gotten into, but I would like to at some point. You have, oh my god, you have forty seconds left. This is this gonna be a come from behind win when you list them off, or like, what are you doing? No, this this is not gonna be a win for me. This is gonna be a a big old L. Dude, just um, think think back to uh. Your... Oh, um. Eighth grade science. Yep, I know. I just went there. Eighth grade. I know. I'm. Stop. I'm thinking of their names. Industrial Revolution. Stop. Fuck. What are the names? You know, one of these business business magnates has the last name of the first name of a girl that was in our grade, and every time I saw a picture of him in the test book, I thought of a picture of the girl instead of a picture of him. Anyways, your two minutes is up. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got eight that I've written down. All right, go for it. Let me let me see if all of these are good. 
Andrew Carnegie. Uh, yes. J.P. Morgan. Yep. Elon Musk. Correct. Richard Branson. Yep. Uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, yes. Bill Gates. Yep. Jeff Bezos. Yep. There's one more that I wrote down, and this was a, this was a reach. Walt Disney. Ooh, no. Okay, but you can see how I thought I that. Can, I can see how you could think that. So I got seven. That's 70% of here's, your ten. Here's the one I thought you were going to get that you didn't. Was Mark the Shuck Zuckerberg. Oh, Z- I forgot Mark Zuckerberg existed. I try to delete him from my brain whenever I, mean, I can. Granted, he doesn't count because he's a robot, but yeah. But now that I said I forgot he existed, I'm going to get, like, he's going to get recommended on my Facebook feed over and over and over. Because he heard. He's going to like, oh, You forgot about Henry forgot Ford. Henry Ford? Well, Henry Ford, I don't really want to remember him either. Fair enough. And there's a couple other, there's these a few dudes I don't know. But Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett was a business magnate? And Sam Walton, who founded Walmart. Walmart's named after a guy. I just thought it was a... I don't know what I thought it was named for. There you go. Well, I think this is a good bit. Oh. I don't like being on the receiving end of it every time, but I think it's, this is this quiz idea is a cool bit, and I think we should continue it. I, I, I think the, the random quiz is... The, the Wikipedia quiz is great. Wiki pop quiz. Wiki pop quiz. Wiki pop. That's the name of the segment. Wiki pop. <laughs> this led. This led me to the bourgeoisie. <laughs> name was, every member of the bourgeoisie throughout <laughs> history. Was one of the blue links on that Wikipedia site. <laughs> uh, let's see. Why is there? <laughs> okay. All right, all right. We, we just... I think we should do an episode where we do these games, where we play the wiki race, where we do GeoGuessr. Yeah. I think that's a fun, fun episode, or half an episode, or, or bit we do every once in a while. Wow, this turned me on to Yuppie, which is sort for Young Urban Professional, or Young Upwardly Mobile Professional. Uh, the International Debutante Ball? How did you... What are we... <laughs> what rabbit hole are you like i i know what rabbit hole you're getting into because you're announcing it you're narrating your rabbit hole uh it's like if someone was digging a hole and every time they hit like a new rock they announced it <laughs> that's what's happening right that's now. what came up in this thing of uh dirt uh ah specks of sulfur Ooh, granite emma watson emma watson was a debutante uh, no, I don't know why she connected that. I didn't I didn't read the article, I just read the headline. Really, Beauty and the Beast made more money than Harry Potter? Well, I mean, think about when they came out. Yeah. Well, Beauty and the Beast being the Disney movie, like the live-action one. Which ranks among the highest-grossing films of all time. Made more than Harry Potter. I assume so. The highest-grossing films of all time. If it was higher than Harry Potter, they would put Harry Potter in there. I can't imagine the live-action Beauty and the Beast made more money than Harry Potter. Uh, Yeah. That wonderfully transphobic magical saga was like the height of the planet for a decade. There's no way a live-action remake of, uh, admittedly, one of Disney's best animated films. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. As the second highest-grossing film of 2017, and 17th highest-grossing film of all time. Well, there was no Harry Potter in 2017. Well, no. No, there wasn't Harry Potter in 2017. 2018 there was in 2016, but... Uh, do you know what the highest gross? Don't look it up. Do you know what the highest grossing film of all time is? Titanic. No. Jurassic Park. I actually don't know for sure, but I I, I know what it is. I know two things it could be. Uh, 
I just don't remember which one's currently at the top. Yeah, I don't know. So I think it's Avengers Endgame. Oh, really? That would make sense. It's either that or Avatar. Those were both, they were sort of playing. I think it might be Avatar now, again, because China re-released it during the pandemic. I'm looking it up. See, Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Deathly Hallows Part 2 are among the 50th highest grossing films of all time, and they rank as 48th and 47th. It's Avatar. Really? Avatar? A bunch of them are Star Wars. A bunch of, Well, think about Avatar was like the movie to see when it came out. It yeah. Was gonna, it was going to redefine what, you know, green screens could do and what, what IMAX could be, and then it really didn't make an impact at all. Mm-hmm. But there's four sequels on the way. Four sequels on the way? Really? Yeah, the second one's done, I guess. Jeez. The third one is almost done. Because, you know, everyone was, was clamoring for more, more blue people having sex with ponytails. Yeah, that's kind of a weird movie when you think about it. And that's how they bonded with the animals, too, was connecting their ponytails. Yeah. Like, I get the metaphor. I get it's like giving yourself to nature, because that's what the movie's about. It's about, you know, military destruction and, and capitalistic triumph over nature. It's a good metaphor. It's just the metaphor happens to be, you know, connecting with animals the same way you have sex with your friend or mates or whatever. The 2009 article from The Economist argued that the films were in the vanguard of adoptions to establish properties being the modern film franchise model, citing The Lord of the Rings, Spider-Man, The Dark Knight, successful film series that followed Harry Potter's suit. Nothing really ever filled the Harry Potter void, though. True. But, like, they kind of started the franchise-type deal, you know? Marvel, I actually, you could argue, has sort of become the new global powerhouse that Harry Potter was. But Marvel already, you know, Marvel had decades and decades of stuff already. Harry Potter was sort of a new... Yeah, but I'm, like, not super into it. Well, I'm not saying everyone's into it. I'm casually into it. I don't, like, you know, I'm not going to cosplay as Hawkeye anytime soon. But it sort of replaced in the zeitgeist. Everyone was talking about Harry Potter, and everyone's talking about WandaVision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. WandaVision's a pretty good show, though, up until the last, like, three episodes. Because for most of the show, it's like, hey, we're doing something that isn't just the cookie-cutter Marvel formula. And then the last three episodes, they said, just kidding, we're going to do CGI laser battles again. That's my review half a year later of WandaVision. There we go. I think we should probably get in the shower. So, yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it's hot. We've, we're, we've been, that's what I just pulled up. we got to dig our way out of this rabbit hole. I think it's time to, to rinse off after, after episode 51. Sorry, we, we went down a weird, weird place. Uh... Seahorses have no idea that regular horses exist. I'm sure it's probably true the other way around also. That's true. Do things ride seahorses? Only Spongebob's. Oh, that's true. That's one. Do you think there's a deep sea critter, like a, a species of fish that rides seahorses? Do you think it's happened at least once? Also in that same vein, sharks don't know that camels exist. Yeah, I guess that's true. Unless some really freak accident happened. There are thousands of songs you'll never hear again. Hmm. I don't like thinking about that. I think about all the art that I'm never gonna like experience. Yeah. Because you can only, you know, you can only read so many books. You can only watch so much movies and television before you eat it. But think about all the art you will see. Oh, yeah, and that's a better way to look at it. I just get sad about the things I'm not gonna get to experience someday. That's why I watch a movie every week, though, so I can get as much art as possible. Uh, if you enter a traffic circle and drive all the way around it exit in the same direction you came from, then you have simultaneously done a 180 and a 360. Damn. Really? No. No. Maybe geographically you have. <laughs> geographically a 360. 
but not positionally. Your car has only gone 180 degrees. Correct. But maybe that's the point, is, is you've done a 180 in terms of like your own mo motion, your own locomotion. But geographically speaking, you have done a 360. Good point. A little, a little <laughs> lateral thinking problem here. This one, this one got me to chuckle. Making toasters with a setting that burns toast is for some reason accepted as normal. <laughs> How do you like your toast? We'll, we'll close out on that. How do you like your toast? Uh, medium rare. I don't know what that means in terms of toast. That's it. How, how brown do you like your toes? Medium rare. Little pink on the inside. <laughs> You've been listening to Ketchup Cast. Uh, <laughs> episode 51. Uh, as we enter our second half decade of this podcast, this is the what you can grow to expect. Just weird tangents and deep, deep rabbit holes and pink toast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at KetchupCast. Uh, spelled like the condiment, ketchup, cast, uh, not catsup, ketchup. No one has ever picked up a bottle of ketchup and seen it spelled catsup, and if they have, they were either a liar or in like a math textbook from 1947. Uh, you can email us if you've got a rabbit hole you fell down that seems really interesting or a regional dialect you feel particularly passionate about or, or you know... Anything else, you can send us an email at nocondiments at gmail.com. Uh, you can buy my book. You should. I started writing book two. It's very exciting. Uh, you should read my book and leave a review. If, you've, if you have bought it, please leave a review on Amazon. I, I, it helps. Leave us a review on iTunes and Yelp and TripAdvisor and anywhere else you want to leave reviews. Uh, yeah. Thanks for sticking with us for 50 plus episodes now, listeners. Anything you want to add, Isaac? No. That's it. All right. Bye. Bye.